Welcome back to Do We Like Movies. I'm your host, Angel. And I'm your lovably goofy, haha, <laughs> see what I did there? Host, Javi. Oh, fuck. And uh, <laughs> this week we're talking about a goofy movie. So, wait, we already dropped an F bomb like 15 seconds into a movie that was meant for family. Yeah, we're pretty, we've got a lot of like problems with the words that we use on this podcast. They're okay, all so. So let's let so let's make a concerted effort not to swear so much for this episode. So this is a movie that obviously it is considered as part of the like Disney animation renaissance of the nineties, but it was at the very tail end of that. I think Goofy Movie and Lion King were like among the last of those films, right? Um, this is only the second time that we've done an animated movie for this podcast. You had to remind me that in the early days of the show, we did our roundtable on Spider-Man uh, in, uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, and so it's it's pretty interesting to go back to a animated movie. And also, I guess this is the first like true comedy we're doing. Um, Angel and I, <laughs> yeah, the room was accidental comedy, I guess. Like, Angel and I, like, have made a concerted effort to avoid uh reviewing comedies, and the reason for that is because comedy is so subjective, it's not really something we can all agree on. Like, some people, like, Angel and I will be the first to tell you we love some stupid comedies, <laughs> and there's a lot of movies that are just, just bad that we love you know so we always try to steer clear because especially for that one you know every everyone everyone has their different tastes and shit um damn it (laughs) i tried so hard Um, oh shit damn fuck this god ass (laughs) we definitely can't say those words all right so what's your experience with the goofy movie i don't remember <laughs> I'm fa- like i'm fairly sure the only time i may have seen it on like disney channel like on weekends as kids but i really don't remember i like i never really had a an experience with this movie oh it wasn't goodness. until i became an adult and i watched it with you when you know when you were fucking forcing me to watch all of goof troop and a goofy movie with you <laughs> okay, like, so like, Disney, when Disney, Plus, Disney Plus, yeah, yeah Angel Disney, went on a tear, tearing through that back catalog of '90s animated television shows. <laughs> All right, so it, I forget that, like, despite the fact that you're only two years younger than me, you're almost a 2000s kid, and there are certain '90s, mi- early to mid '90s, like things that you're not as caught up on and i know it's not it was this it's not that it's just my family didn't we got we switched to dish and the package we had like didn't have any disney like disney right. shows not, or anything i'm not talking right. about disney channel or disney shows i'm literally just talking about this disney movie like this oh, movie no, was like, a big fucking deal when it came out no it's a, no i'm saying that i just never like I never got on the hype train for it. I don't, I don't know if I'm weird. Like, yeah, maybe you're I weird. Am. You're just, you disgust me. I was too busy watching Steven Seagal movies, okay? Well, I, I can, me even more now. <laughs> we can turn this into an hour-long episode of therapy of me talking about my fucked up childhood, all right? But we're not going <laughs> to. Um, so, yeah, I mean, definitely. Okay, how about this? Lion King. You did Lion King, right? Hell, yeah. I right. did it, all right. <laughs> what all about right. the Tiger King? <laughs> <laughs> Topical. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, anyway, all right. So this movie is a big part of my childhood, strictly because all right, when Disney Channel originally launched in the '90s, right, they kind of put together a block of these awesome animated series, uh, and among them were Goof Troop, uh, Darkwing Duck. I remember uh, that. DuckTales. Bonkers. What the fuck was Bonkers? Recess. Oh, Bonkers was the, it was like the, I don't know if it's like a leopard or or like a <laughs> cheetah or something like that, but the, he's like a police officer. It's, <laughs> it, it is something. <laughs> but it was awesome. And I think what I remember more than anything was all the theme songs. All of these shows had fantastic theme songs 
Mm. And, it, and like, I was super excited when Disney Plus came out because Disney Plus included this entire block of television. So I didn't really have cable in the early 90s. Uh, but, but I guess what happened was these shows were so popular that uh, from Disney Channel that they ended up going on syndication. And that's where they ended up on ABC. And that's where, like, I caught it on, like, you know, antenna television, right? You see, when we do any episodes on the cartoon cartoons or the Nicktoons, that's where my time to shine because that's where, that's pretty much, those are the cartoons I grew up with. So, yeah, yeah. definitely any Disney cartoons is going to be your bag. Well, also, since I have a kid, like, I'm also kind of hip on the newer Cartoon Network series. So I could definitely speak to those. If we get Shut to up. Those. You watch like a couple episodes of Gumball and you're like, ooh, look at me, various youths. I'm so cool. Suck my dick. I know a bunch of middle schoolers that will wedgie the shit out of you. <laughs> they will fucking eat your lunch. All right. So this is the sequel movie to Goop Troop, the television series, which is like the introduction of Goofy as a father. So it's Goofy and Pete from the original like Mickey Mouse cast, right? And uh but they both have kids. Uh Goofy's son is named Max Goof. And uh <laughs> So what you're telling me Goofy's last name is Goof. His name is fucking Goofy Goof. Yeah, his name is Goofy Goof. And his son's name is Max Goof. And Pete's name this is, is like Pete what I found Pete. Uh, I when I found out that Scoo- <laughs> Scooby's full name was Scoobert Doo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so, anyway. all right. So, it, no, it gets better. So, this movie ends up excising uh, two of the main characters from, uh, from Goof Troop, which is uh, Pete's wife, who is featured in the series. Uh, her name is Peg Pete. Her full name is Peg Leg Pete. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh pj who you already know is pete pete jr mm-hmm. and the best was uh the youngest sister in the family who was voiced by nancy cartwright of bart simpson fame and mm-hmm. her name was pistol pete that's so fucking rad <laughs> but uh it's like i always thought of this series being so like in tune with the movie that like the movie follows it immediately after that's not the case and when i rewatched it i realized that like max is significantly younger in goof troop than he is in this movie yeah because um, he's in high school here yeah this is him in high school and i think uh the goof troop series was him and pj barely entering into middle school Mm. so even his voice is a completely different voice he sounds more like nelson Muntz than he does like you know the who way is, he sounds uh, here you know who his voice actor is in uh, uh goofy movie who? james marsden who did uh richie from static shock oh yeah yeah james mars uh, well jason marsden jason marsden i'm sorry james, <laughs> james marsden was marsden was cyclops, cyclops. <laughs> oh my fucking fuck that guy <laughs> oh he's but a great jason actor. Jason Marsden, I know, because he does a shit ton of, like, DC, like, voiceover work. Does a lot of, like, cartoon and, and uh, video this game actually, and film work. Uh, this he's is best... a really good fucking voice cast. Like, you, have you t- been yeah. able to look at it? Yeah, I did. <laughs> it's funny, too, because, like, uh, what's it called? Polly Shore is in this, and I always forget. Yeah. <laughs> I always thought that the character that, like, that... that that there was a Poly Shore ripoff in here, but it actually I didn't realize that it was actually played by him. Uh, <laughs> we Bobby. thought the Poly Shore ripoff was Poly Shore. <laughs> like, I had no idea. So just to name some of the few, of course, there's Robert Paulson. <laughs> His name was Robert Paulson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Frank Welker's in it. Who, if you, I don't know if you know, but he's like the Megatron voice. Like everyone will remember him from the uh, '80s Transformers cartoons, um, and like the '80s uh, Transformer movie. Uh, there was just like a bunch of like people that you don't realize do a lot of uh background characters mm-hmm. that were just like popping up all over this movie and of course bill farmer who i think gave us the uh the um uh, iconic a uh, hook <laughs> and like yeah. the iconic <laughs> voice uh jim cummings did a great job as pete um yeah it was just overall like it was a really solid cast yep 
All right. Oh, anyway, Sean, sorry, uh, Principal Mazur. That's the guy. Wallace Sean is the. Yeah. Oh God, he always plays like a mousy character. He's the guy that he, his memes made a couple rounds from Princess Bride. The, you fell for my classic ruse. Well, also Disney animation enthusiasts would recognize him as the voice of Rex from Toy Story. That's right. He was Rex in Toy Story. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, he's also he also is is one of the stars of this like really bizarrely I just for so, it's it's kind of a guilty pleasure movie of me it's like uh I think it's called Just Like Dad I think mm-hmm. we even talked about this before where it's like he he plays like like a nerdy scientist father to like a kid who's trying to impress a girl so he he like hires a bodybuilder to be his dad for for his for like a school picnic so that he could help him like impress some girl and he does and then like his he has like problems with his real dad because his real dad's like a nerd and get out of here you fucking nerd and his wife left him and i'm not really like doing it justice by describing it the way that i am but definitely watch it yeah no, no i'll get right on that don't worry yeah, not you, dildo. I know you won't watch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not a huge Disney guy. I'm weird. I know that's a me problem. Uh, but, um, yeah, like, it was interesting. This film came around at a time, like, you you were mentioning the Disney Renaissance, right? Because at this time, it was, like, 20th Century Fox had an animation uh, department, which was just putting out banger after banger. And then and- Disney... Um, Disney was kind of like falling behind as far as animation goes. And then the Lion King comes out in 1994, which apparently Lion King was the project that was supposed to come after a goofy movie, but I think production got delayed. So they were like, Oh, just put out the Lion King. We'll see how it does. And apparently that just became a cultural icon, (laughs) which which unfortunately (laughs) like overshadowed this film, Um, which I don't know in many ways is I, I felt a little bit more uh maybe the story like hit a little bit closer to home than it did in like the lion king I, well no, I can't this movie this saw. movie actually this movie actually had mixed reactions when it came out and people actually didn't think of it much at all um so it, it's a movie that really has more of a cult following now amongst like adults of the people like know, millennial us. adults yeah <laughs> in the late to late 20s to early 30s yeah and i think and i think even one of my like <laughs> one of the the articles that really kind of got me to look at this movie completely differently again was uh there's there's an article from the root where one of the guys like wrote about how <laughs> how a goofy movie is kind of considered like the kind of quintessential black nerd disney movie in a lot of ways which you know i can't speak to that experience but you know again it's a movie that has a cult following after the fact and wasn't really impressive to people uh when it was coming out obviously because it was just living in the gigantic shadow of the lion king yeah unfortunately which you know i think it definitely deserved its due but um and let's also forget i mean forget let's also no, we're, remember I'm forgetting <laughs> let's also remember the last person that i do want to single out in this is uh tevin campbell as Powerline. uh it, i think originally they wanted to go for uh they, they i mean the inspiration for his character was kind of like a mix of michael jackson and prince and bobby brown right mm-hmm. um and I think I don't know if it's if they they originally wanted one of those guys to be like the, <laughs> they wanted Bobby Brown, but they kept having problems with keeping him sober, like during development. It's pretty yeah. I, and, and I was like, know. whoa, that's like a dark turn. Yeah, Bobby Brown's had a rough life. I'm not gonna. So, I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not going to get too far into it, but Devin Campbell, like I, I always remember him because, you know, can we talk from the nineties? is like one of my favorite songs. Like that's on every single nineties playlist that I have. So I definitely appreciate him in this movie and I love the music uh, that he does in this. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> like, yeah, the mu- that's one thing. Yeah, I want to point out the music in this movie is actually really fantastic. 
not just like the um the what's it called the like the power line songs but also just like the songs are catchy like that remember the freaking open road song <laughs> like i like I, I can't tell you how many times i was like humming that since i watched it like two days ago i'm just like <laughs> just like so like it's just catchy as shit like you know that, i mean that's one thing disney's always good at is just making like an original score Right. And yeah, this well, let's go ahead and get into this since we've we've gotten into as much pre production. It's not like we're gonna have a ton of story to talk about. So, yeah, not... shut up. We're trying to fill an hour. So <laughs> let us fucking jive. <laughs> All right. All right, go ahead, take us away, fucking goof, daddy. <laughs> All right. So uh, this movie takes place a few years after the end of Goof Troop. Max is beginning high school. This is either his first or his second year. He's and on the what bad side of the tracks. <laughs> and he really wants to ask out um Roxanne, who's a girl at his school who, you know, it's they he's in love with her. And uh I guess he has like nightmares of him like morphing into goofy. <laughs> <laughs> that's right it does open up with the dream sequence where uh he has a nightmare where he's finally gonna make it with roxanne and we're, we're gonna see some interspecies erotica i don't and... think it's interspecies she's a dog just like he is wait he's a dog i'm a dog yeah he's a dog <laughs> i mean, had no idea goofy was a dog I, well nah, shut whatever. the fuck up are you serious yeah goofy and peter both dogs i thought they were just nondescript animals no. Goofy's uh, yeah. a dog. Pete's a dog. Yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey's a, Mickey and Minnie are mice. Oh, uh, really? Because uh, their names did not give that away. <laughs> Donald Duck is a fucking, like, velociraptor. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Jesus! Uh, but yeah, I had no idea. I thought a goof was. <laughs> I don't know. I thought a goof was an animal. I've never heard of. Haven't you ever heard like all the memes that talk about like the weird fact that like that both Goofy and Pluto are dogs, but like, <laughs> but Goofy's the only one that's that's kind of like anthropomorphized. <laughs> Hold on real quick. Sorry, you may need to edit this part. You know what? Now that you mention it, I have heard that meme, and now that does bother me. How come Pluto isn't, like, how come he's not given sentience? What does he, <laughs> is he some sort of subservient cast? This, this, this is bullshit. Fucking Disney is full of bullshit. Well, anyway, Goofy sings his song, uh, you know, his After Today song on the way to school. Because this is going to be his big moment. And I think it's near the bleachers, like at some point in the school day, uh, that he like actually ends up running into her. But you also get reintroduced to PJ from the Goof Troop series. And then you see Bobby, <laughs> who is his friend that's played by Polly Shore. Who is, you know, every bit of Polly Shore as Polly Shore is in other movies. They just, they just told Polly Shore to show up, go in the booth and just start talking. And he just did Polly Shore things pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So I guess they're all. Okay. So, so, you know, he tries to talk to her, but he can't really do it. Uh, but he, he, his big master plan for impressing this girl is to dress up like power line and hijack a uh a like a, end like, of the year assembly, assembly. Yeah. <laughs> and he turns it into a like impromptu concert where he lip syncs paraline lyrics and him and pj and bobby like set him up with like smoke show and a bunch of stuff and he pretty much just has an impromptu show they set him up on a wire and he starts flying around like the entire gymnasium and <laughs> And it's really interesting how they how they like they choose to animate this part because like she I don't know if you noticed she actually changes uh, position uh, Roxanne's seat changes position a couple times during that scene where mm-hmm. like one you know the first time when he comes plowing through the screen he's actually really close to her um, like she's like close to in the front row and then suddenly when he's like flying around he sees her in the back and they like make eye contact again. 
and I was reading that was actually done on purpose, like because it's not considered a goof, like on the animators part. What they were trying to do is have a <laughs> that Max was completely focused on uh, Roxanne. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see how many times we use goof <laughs> outside of the context of goofy in this, <laughs> just like as a pun. Yeah. But yeah, after they they get away with this stunt, Max immediately becomes like the most loved and popular guy in the entire freaking school. While and, also uh, immediately being slandered by his principal and Pete to Goofy. <laughs> I know. So the, everyone gets called into the uh, principal's office. Principal lets them have it. Um, for some reason, Bobby has this weird relationship with Principal Mauser. Mazer? Where uh, they give each other nicknames and like it looks like Bobby's not getting in any sort of trouble. Mm-hmm. And uh, Principal Mazer ends up calling uh, Goofy and letting him know that you know his son is in trouble and that if he doesn't do something and become a responsible parent, um, that his son's gonna end up in jail or worse and eventually yeah. face capital. You know what? When I read that article on the route, like this is it's kind of the portion of it where I was just like, you know, I see like, what you're saying, right? And I think the gist of that article was that it it makes a point to say I think the reason why you know people can relate to Max is because Max is almost being unfairly singled out. Like he's not the only person who put this thing together yet he's the one that's going to catch all the heat for it. Like, mm-hmm. PJ is going to catch nothing for it, and they're never going to mention it again. But for some reason, both Pete and Principal Mazer have to call uh, Goofy and, like, imply that, like, Max is going to immediately become a gang member that's going to start <laughs> committing crimes and going to jail. Or the electric chair. Mm-hmm. that's how serious it gets they're like he's gonna do something bad enough to fry motherfucker <laughs> and, and it makes me it makes mm-hmm. me really feel for goofy right because right. he's in this position for the rest of the movie where he's constantly having to defend his son meanwhile trying to like fix the relationship because of course goofy and max are like any other high school kid and their dad or parent right mm-hmm. um trying to trying to kind of like like reconnect and have some sort of semblance of a normal relationship. Um, I think what's nice about this film is that depending on where you are in life, you're going to identify with one or the other. There was many parts of my life where I identified it, where I could identify with Max. You Mm -hmm. need to get out of your parents' shadow when you're younger. You want to start doing things on your own. And a lot of the times the plans that you have are very in contrast to what your parents want. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's and it's almost like, but then as a parent, the difficult part becomes, you know, when you have kids, and I say this as a parent, you plan out, not plan out, but you kind of picture what your kid's life is going to look like throughout their entire life. And it's just kind of like a thing. It, it, you, don't, you don't consciously do it, but in your mind, you have like these plans for how you hope, you know, that things turn out for your kids. And what happens is when they get older, and I'm going to have this moment, and all of us are who have kids. Oh, you're about to tear up. I already hear it coming. <laughs> no, we're all going to have the moment Papa where our, we're all going to have it... the moment where our kids decide to start doing things the way they want, and it's going to be different than the way you pictured it for them. So, as a parent, you have to both. I mean, you identify with Goofy because you both have to keep them out of trouble because younger mm. people are going to make stupid decisions. And you identify as Max because you want to, you want that independence and that, that room to grow and become your own person. So Goofy's master plan is to take Max and go on this like father son bonding fishing trip to some place in Idaho. And I had no idea where these guys even live. I don't know where Spoonerville is. I only know the name of that city because of like Goof Troop. But you never Googled where Spoonerville is? No. Fucking amateur. Well, it's not a real city, so I Bet. figured it was I'm just I figured it was like Springfield where it's like, you know, it's it's ambiguous as to which state it's in. Well, it's established that Springfield in Kentucky. All right. Are we finished here? Continue. No, sh- shut up. I'm gonna Google Let's talk about the movie that we're supposed to be talking about. Yeah, where it <laughs> takes place in Spoonerville. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, so they're going to Idaho for fly fishing. I think that what is it with parents being like we we got to do some sort of physical activity to bring our family together. I don't know. Well, at least he's not taking. Time. At least he's not taking his son to go shoot guns. <laughs> what do you mean? That'd be fucking rad. I would love that. I would love not, to see Goofy shoot guns. <laughs> at least he's not taking Max to like you know go fucking you know bang whores in a cat house or something well he does end up taking him to that weird like uh possum <laughs> ranch place where all they have are those animatronic animatronic possums okay i don't know who thought animatronic anything is a good idea but fucking a animatronics are creepy as shit <laughs> you weren't a fan of the animatronics from like uh chuck e cheese or anything like that oh no that, that that's fucking nightmare fuel dog that's terrifying like it's just they stare at you with lifeless eyes and they just sing this like parody of life (laughs) but you know it's funny when they go to this possum theme park because very clearly max is not feeling it at all but goofy's doing his darndest to make sure him and his son are having a good time right Mm -hmm. um they end up leaving after Max gets humiliated there because Goofy still thinks of him as a son. So they end up going to, they set up camp in this uh, national park where they end up running into Pete and PJ who are also on the camping trip. <laughs> I, I, I love when Pete's RV arrives because it, it, once it parks in the middle of the forest, <laughs> these six saws come out and completely obliterate all the trees around them. <laughs> and then it like puts down a basketball court and a pool. <laughs> it's like the fucking most rad RV ever, like ever <laughs> created. Yeah. It was pretty cool. So they set up they they set up a shop there, right? And they set up shop right next to uh Max and Goofy. Mm-hmm. And while they're trying to, you know, have this night out in the forest, they get attacked by Bigfoot. <laughs> the fucking stupidest looking Bigfoot ever, who is voiced by Frank Welker, which I mentioned earlier. Yes. Uh, where, who was the voice of Megatron for you Transformers fans. Yep. yep. And uh, they end up distracting Bigfoot by putting some music on him, or, you know, putting uh, some headphones on him so he can listen to music so he boogies the night away. Meanwhile, yeah, they put Max, staying alive. They they actually licensed staying alive for this scene. <laughs> I was really surprised by that because I was like, yeah. "Oh, that's actual music. <laughs> that's not like made yeah. for the movie." And then, um, so Goofy and Max have they share this moment where you know Goofy tells Max that he still sees him as his baby boy and he remembers alphabet soup or also known as uh I forgot what he called it thanks dad hi dad soup hi dad soup and pretty oh, much it's my just, goodness oh you, know, you were about to cry weren't you when you saw that moment <laughs> it's it's no it's just it's one of like the it's just it's one of the more um, yeah it's one of the more touching moments of the movie because You know, I think I saw a meme once where it talks about how when you're younger, you identify a lot with Max. And then when you're older, it like you feel a lot for Goofy in a scene like this. Especially you, Mr. Rad Dad. Yeah, well, maybe you can only you can only. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Your daughter hates you right now. But to be fair, she hates all of us. (laughs) No, no, no. I mean, like we're fine. It's just like. But there's going to be a time where she doesn't really care for any of us at all. Really? Because she doesn't care for me right now. (laughs) So I'm already used to that. So by the time she's a teenager, I'm going to be just fine off her (laughs) bitch. So anyway, so uh, while they're sleeping, you know, they have this touching moment where uh, um, I was about to call him Zach. Max uh, spells out, hi, dad, in the soup. Uh, gives it to Goofy, and uh, while in the middle of the night, he does this terrible, terrible thing where he changes the coordinate. Yeah, he changes the route on the map so that it takes him to Los Angeles to the Powerline concert, right? Yes. Instead, uh, Goofy, of, instead of to Lake Destiny, Idaho. I'm just like, how do... <laughs> Like how do you how does Goofy not look immediately at the map and be like that's not where we're going a uh, hook? Because he's Goofy. 
and he trusts his son. That's the big thing. That's the big theme. Yeah, I mean, you have to you have to buy the premise. You gotta, you gotta. I mean, I shouldn't nitpick a fucking cartoon movie about fatherly son relationships. But the next day, um, you know, that he Goofy decides to let Max navigate. He puts him in charge of the map. And along the way, on their way to, you know, what they think is Idaho, we get to see this, uh, what's it called, um, a montage of them going to all these different places that includes, like, you know, those, like, mystery house stops that you usually see on the side of the road. I think the closest one we have is out in Santa Cruz. Uh, They go to New Orleans, (laughs) where they pretty much witness a mime get murdered. (laughs) And they just leave him there. Because Goofy's like trying to, he's, he puts the mime in a box just as a, he can't get out just as a piano falls on him. And then Max and Goofy just look at each other and just start whistling because they walk away from him. <laughs> I was like, that's a pretty good gag. It was a good joke. But you know, what's really cool about this moment is that Max actually, you know, he, the whole time he's a navigator, he's plotting these places for these guys to go. They go to like the Grand Canyon and stuff. But he also picks places that he knows Goofy likes because I think they end up going to like the bo- like the log largest ball of yarn or some shit like that. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's despite the fact that Max has intentions that are completely different from Goofy's, he's still like ever since he hide that soup thing, like it looks like that relationship is starting to warm up a little bit. Yeah, it seems like they're definitely turning a corner and they're really trying to um they're really trying to to you know mend their relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And I really want to give like props to Bill Farmer because even though he does the goofy voice, it's like the way he's able to emote during those heavier scenes. I'm just like, holy shit, dude, even though he still does this goofy voice, he's just he's just really freaking good at conveying emotion <laughs> like as a voice actor, you know? And I think yeah, like this. This is so this this movie in terms of like you know the way the story plays out and the seriousness of it in in its like warmer moments, it definitely even elevates the material that it comes from. You know, like as much as I love and have a lot of nostalgia for Goof Troop, nothing in that show uh, touches just the overall like warmth and like kind of adult i mean like you know like like that adult and child feeling where it's like there that relatability it 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 does it way more than that show ever could it elevates the show by being such a better uh like sequel to it and you know this movies i I feel like the, the the story the content and just like the storytelling they they choose like these are really complex themes to put in a child's cartoon right in a lot of ways, I feel like it's a, it's really ahead of its time, you know? Like, it, it feels like this is the plot of a movie I would have seen in 2005 or 2006, you know? Um, so it's really interesting that they're, like, they, they chose the characters they did and, you know, making this an animated film um, to have a movie that tackles such, like, interesting themes, you know? Well, because this was so anyway. different. This was so new in the 90s, right? Because oh, Disney, yeah. Disney really step up their animation game to a level that we hadn't seen before. Uh, you know, stuff like Pinocchio and Snow White like that, and Sleeping Beauty. Like, that stuff I mean, all that shit was from the 50s, yeah. Yeah, like, those things had been around, and they were a big deal, and everyone knew Disneyland and all that kind of stuff. But starting with, like, The Little Mermaid, you had that string of Little Mermaid, uh, Aladdin, Lion King, and I think still to this day because my daughter watched it so much and I've seen it so many times at this point because of her. But I think Beauty and the Beast is the highest Disney animation watermark pre-Pixar <laughs> because now we have like a studio like Pixar that like that has kind of perfected the craft of putting, you know thematic elements into animation that are so relatable by all ages yeah and nowadays like just you know it's a real testament about the just the animation too like how far that freak how far they've come like i remember when we went to go watch uh i think it was finding dory and they had that scene uh they had the pre 
the little preview, like that mini movie, right? Um, mm. Just how fucking fantastic the animation was for that. And it's like, I don't know, man. Like, Disney's just got their shit together. <laughs> yeah, well, and I mean, it, it's, 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 this era, this era is what changed. This era is really what, what gave you the, it is what showed you, like, how far uh, children's animation could go. Uh, like, specifically now, because we're all quarantined, uh, the Trolls World Tour movie, like, made its premiere on streaming services, and we watched it with my daughter and my wife last weekend. <laughs> And I even texted you during that movie. I was like, yeah, I didn't know that this animated film, this animated Trolls movie was actually a commentary on, on like, uh, gosh, what was it? It was uh, cultural appropriation. I was like, but here we are. Yep. I mean, it's the same thing how Zootopia was all about. I mean, it was about, uh, what's it called? Um, prejudice and dealing with that shit. So it's yeah. like. Yeah, dude, these movies is woke. Like, yeah. <laughs> All right. So as we go, um, you know, as we move on, they, you know, we get that scene where they go to the where Goofy and Max end up uh, meeting up with PJ and Pete again at this motel where they set up shop. Um, what was it? Pete comes in and just like takes over Goofy and Max's hotel room so that they can hook up the RV. Um, Goofy and Pete. They go off into the hot tub. PJ and Max are just hanging out. Max talks about how he changed the route. He tells PJ that he changed the route for them to end up going to LA. Pete overhears him. And then Pete decides to confront Goofy and tell him about this, right? Now, this is a very interesting dynamic. Again, this is what I'm talking about, the heavy theme, where Pete tells Goofy, hey, your son Max changed the the route where you guys are going um he's setting you guys up to go to la instead and then goofy tells him no that's my son i trust him i believe in him and it's like you really feel for goofy because he's the only dude that really believes max is a good kid you know up until this point principal mauser was being a total dick about max pete is always constantly telling him about how bad his son is and it's like he has that struggle of being the only parent that's really there for his kid or like, you know, that he's the only person that's in his kid's corner. Um, and so he he checks the he he goes into a uh, goofy goes into the car to try to check the map. He ends up guessing or he ends up uh, going against it because he trusts Zach, uh, Zach Max. I don't know why I keep calling him Zach, but Goofy ends up like. Hitting the dashboard, the glow compartment crashes open and the map falls out. And he's able to look at the map and he sees that the destination actually is LA. That, you know, Max really did kind of, uh, kind of, uh, change the destination for him. So the next day when they load up, Goofy is completely different. He's kind of like less animated, not really talking to Max. He tells Max to, uh, tell him where to go. Max is struggling because he thinks something like Goofy knows something's up. He doesn't know what to tell him. Last minute, they finally veer off onto the freeway going to LA. And at this point, Goofy's like demeanor completely changes. And he's just, he's just like seething. Like he's just full of this cartoonish seething rage. (laughs) And I think at this point, this is where they go to end up at the Grand Canyon, right? Angel? Uh, well, it's it's just, there's a scene where they're driving on the highway, right? And then there's that fork in the road that they hit, the metaphorical and literal fork in the road, where it's literally just uh, one way is to Idaho and the other one's towards L.A. Everyone knows where that road is. And that's like where Goofy kind of wants to give Max like the kind of like the last chance at changing uh, – you know changing back right to to where they were originally going to go and proving if he really is changing and all that kind of stuff but you know max obviously still at the last second ends up sending him to la and that's when goofy gets really upset and uh yeah i mean they end up in the grand canyon but it's like it's kind of just a backdrop to what happens in this scene which is they drive down the highway and then uh, the car pulls over goofy gets out angry and that's when Max and Goofy start getting into it. And then, yeah. of course, because he's Goofy, 
he did not put the emergency brake on the car, so the car starts rolling down the highway. In the entire time they're having this uh, this argument while they're chasing the car down the freeway, that or I'm sorry, yeah, down the highway, they're having this argument about how Goofy treats Max and how he's not a little kid anymore and he needs a space. And then um, Max, or, you know, Goofy tells Max, hey, you're not grown up. All the while, they're both chasing this car after Goofy's massive fuck up. And, you know, they end up chasing it. Uh, They end up going over into the Grand Canyon. (laughs) They land in a river. And they're pretty much floating for a good long time. Uh, We get a nice little musical number when they're in the cave. And finally, you know, we get a little bit of understanding where Max understands where where Goofy's coming from. Um, you know that he's his dad and that he cares about him and that no nothing's ever really going to change that. He's always going to look out for him. But at the same time, Goofy understands that Zach is uh, Zach. God damn it, <laughs> Max is a growing boy, and he needs his space and he needs to kind of he needs to learn to become who he's going to be. You know. Um, it's at that point that they start going over a freaking waterfall. <laughs> and as they're falling or, you know, the before, ah, man, this were, I, I forget how, but they end up using the, they bring back the perfect cast, right? Because Goofy was trying to teach, um, hold on. Yeah, so they bring back like the perfect cast, right? Because Goofy was trying to teach Max how to how to uh, do the perfect cast when they go fishing. So using that, he's actually uh, Max is actually able to save Goofy before he goes over the goes, uh, over the rapids, and they manage to save uh, save themselves, right? And then this takes us into the last part of the film. <laughs> Where Max and Goofy somehow are able to sneak their way into the Powerline concert in these like guitar cases and like these instrument cases, um, and all the while Max is getting Max and Goofy are being chased by uh, security and they're trying to find their way on stage. Uh, they, you know, we we intersperse. We see cuts of. Uh, Roxanne and all of Max and PJ's friends back from school uh, watching the concert waiting for Max to finally show up and he you know they, they some of them are starting to think he's a liar because it's like coming up on the grand finale and he's still not hasn't shown up um, completely by happenstance both of them end up on stage with background dancers right next to Powerline um and they get to perform i think it was eye to eye all right i've been reading on the internet apparently a lot of people didn't like eye to eye what and i just got to who say, the fuck did not like that because i swear to god i'm going to get up and fight everyone like no 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 will, no 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 real people you. who have seen this film and give a shit about it in any way at all and have actually and are actually about what they say they're about would actually agree with you that it's a fucking amazing song and if you don't like it you should shut the fuck up because (laughs) holy shit you took that one very personal (laughs) i will take it very personally why are you mad at me i didn't say i hate it no i'm not mad at you i'm mad at whoever the fuck you got that idea from or whoever the fuck online said it and i swear to god i'm gonna go like when i'm gonna go cough in their blankets tonight (laughs) Oh my god! <laughs> but I feel like you're coming after me. No, I'm not. You, 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 I fucking love that song, and you fucking love that song. So we have no beef okay. with each other. Okay, so down. I don't fucking. I don't fucking love it. I thought it was a great song. I like it. <laughs> All right. So they get through the song. <laughs> they end up driving back to Spoonerville. If I wasn't going to get sued, I would fucking sing that song right now on the podcast. You can sing it. It's technically... Technically, we can do that on the podcast. We just can't play clips. Well, I'm not going to embarrass myself. You... I sing all the time. You heard me singing Roxanne because the fucking girl's (laughs) name is Roxanne. Anyway, 
so they end up driving uh, back to Spoonerville, and over that trip back, you know, Goofy and Max had that. They must have had a heart to heart, where Max decided he's going to be honest and he's going to come clean to Roxanne about not actually knowing who Powerline is, right? And he goes, he goes, and he tells her he doesn't actually know her, her, but she, you know, she's like, oh, but I saw you, and then, um. You know, he starts talking about how, or he tells her pretty much that no, he doesn't know Powerline. His dad doesn't know him. They just, you know, his dad just made it happen. And that, you know, he was just really embarrassed and that, you know, he really wanted to take her out um, and, you know, have a fresh start. And then, well, yeah, Roxanne- because Roxanne, for being the most attractive, popular girl in school, which she seems to be. Uh, has a lot of like you know she's very shy when it comes to Max like she really likes him and even in the beginning where he like kind of apologizes to her for having to go on the trip like she for some reason instantly thinks that it's her fault (laughs) that he doesn't want to be around her at all which is you know it's kind of strange but but definitely nice that that, (laughs) yeah it's definitely nice that they that at the end of this film like you know they do end up coming back together and max does decide to tell her the truth and he introduces her to goofy you know who he was super ashamed of becoming in the beginning of the film like even in that nightmare scene they had at the very beginning right he introduces her and uh to him and you know they she even says like yeah i i liked you i knew i liked you ever since you i heard you laugh and then she like does the a yuck and he starts (laughs) a yucking all over the place so and, you know, and then, uh, of course, Goofy's car has to explode <laughs> and he comes crashing in through the, uh, what's it called, through the canopy that they're under. And, he, you know, and that's when uh, Max introduces uh, Roxanne and Goofy. Yes. And, yeah, roll credits and we get another awesome rendition of I2I, which Angel's going to take away right now. No, I'm not. Come on, do it. <laughs> But that is the end of the movie, and uh, yeah, this is a short one. It's a really short movie, um, and but I, I'm very glad that we got the opportunity to come back and watch it again. I mean, I've seen it more in recent years. I think um, there was a couple years ago where I was just telling my wife, I was like, I was like, you know which movie I hadn't seen in a long time? A goofy movie, and I bought it. So I, I, I like own it, and then, you know, it's on Disney Plus now, too, and and it's you know I, it was a movie that I had gone like decades without seeing to like instantly like I've seen it a lot in the last couple of years. So to be it's able to kind of talk about it, movie now. well, no, like to be able to talk about it for the podcast is pretty great. And uh, I'm definitely more dis- discovering Goof Troop at this point because the series is like you know because it's on Disney Plus now, as well as like Ducktales and Darkwing Duck and Bonkers and all the shows that we talked about before. Can't wait till we start doing uh, cartoons that I know about. It's gonna be so rad. Well, you know, I mean, people in our audience have the, we we the, we have gotten at least one anime request. Well, bro, we have a couple. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, stop being a coward, Angel. Everyone, call Angel out and tell him that we have to review Dragon Ball. Oh, crap, which one was it? Was the Broly movie? I'll sure. Look I'll find you know out. what's I really know. funny? I'm actually, you know what? I'd actually would would be interested in seeing one of those one day because I have I can be totally honest here. I've never seen a Dragon Ball Z either episode or film. Oh, you are in for quite a ride, my friend. I know what it is because of internet culture, but yeah, I, I it just it it did not connect with me at a young age and i'm not saying it's bad or good i'm just saying it just did not fly on my radar angel's like what what is it with all these nerdy japanimation going on here well i was into pokemon i mean you know like as everyone else was but yeah <laughs> pokemon sucked it was all about <laughs> baby <laughs> but yeah i mean people have tried to get me into anime for a very long time and i think about as close as i've ever gotten to is like I've watched half a season of My Hero Academia, and that's it. <laughs> oh, wow. That's way more than I thought you did. I thought you you stopped after the first episode. <laughs> no. This is the time. It only gets better, so fucking watch it, you fuck. Well, you know, I'm I'm in my house, so, I mean, I, I, I should be able to find time to binge on some of these at some All point. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess it's time to 
wrap this up and say, uh, do you like a Goofy movie? Yeah, I'm not going to super go into detail about it because there's just a lot to love between the original music, the fantastic animation, just like the very fucking deep family themes that they're able to cover in such a, and, and they're able to present it in such a way that, you know, your average eight to 12 year old can definitely pick up on it, you know? And you know what's great about it is it's accessible for, you know, kids the age of Max because that's exactly the age you're kind of starting to go through these feelings of trying to find uh, what's called independence and whatnot. So, yeah, I think it's a fantastic movie and I think it's aged very well, actually. I think it still holds up. Definitely still holds up. I would agree. I definitely do like a Goofy movie. I still like it as much as I did when I was a kid. And even though I think it's not as strong as the other Disney movies of the nineties, like Lion King and Aladdin in terms of just like, you know, sheer popularity and pop culture. It's, I definitely appreciate the fact that it's become more of a cult jewel amongst like, you know, amongst millennials now. It's like The Incredible Hulk is to the uh, Marvel Universe. It's one of those movies that it was low-key. No one really talks about it, but you needed it. You needed it to get you where the Marvel Cinematic Universe is. Same thing with Goofy Movie. You needed this movie to get you to where Disney is like this massive animated juggernaut, you know? Right. So I'd like to thank everybody for joining us for this episode. I know this is probably going to be a shorter one or not as in-depth as some of the episodes that we've done lately, but that's just the nature of doing an animated film. But I definitely appreciated watching it and appreciated having you guys watch it. And uh, I think we're going to have something special in store for uh, next week's episode, which I don't want to announce yet. But thank you for hanging in there with us while we had to take another brief hiatus for another week because... You know, our schedules have just gone really crazy. You know, despite the fact that, you know, I mean, you know, a lot of people are out of work and things are very difficult and stuff. You know, for us, fortunately, we are very much in working and dealing with our lives like outside of work as well. But at the very same time, it, it's it's a little difficult to schedule some of these things. And uh, we're just glad that you guys continue to hang in there with us. Yeah, y'all the realists. We appreciate y'all. So we'll talk to you guys next week. Yep. Take it easy, turds.